0: If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. Before we start something a little bit different, if you could just describe to me what your job is on a film set.
1: Uh okay well uh, what I do on film sets is I take photographs of the production um for publicity um so basically you know first look images and and hopefully a poster right stuff you see online uh first look stuff you know that uh, you see on uh, some kind of website like that it just gets people excited about doing you know about what's coming and and sometimes you know like like jokers or something like that it it can make a really big impact yeah so i basically i a lot of people work in tv uh or movies not really crossover um i don't, i pretty much only work in film because you're hired every day whereas tv you're only hired part time and i just i you know got to pay Pay the mortgage, so um, and it's a little more. You know, I think being on set every day, you you develop a better relationship with people. Right. Um, it can also be torture. It can backfire, and an actor doesn't like you. You spend every day there, so you know. <clears throat> but I, I tend to, I tend to work mostly in films. Um, but you know, I carry a couple camera bodies around all day, and and they're attached to me, and I it's a dream job you know i'm shooting
0: Mm -hmm. what i think is cool i think that's exactly the perfect description it's it's the dream job Uh, i didn't even realize that this job existed until i started following yourself and a couple of others like you and now i'm just really pissed off about my life choices to date in a sense what are your responsibilities on a film set you know firstly uh, do you have a brief of what's expected from you like a, a shot list um, but also what are your responsibilities in terms of conduct, you know, conducting yourself on set?
1: Well, conducting yourself is a whole different, so people who think they're, they want to get into the film, the film business as a set photographer, you know, the thing is being a photographer actually is kind of easy. It's right. the, what they call set etiquette or how to behave on set, how to deal with actors how to deal with producers and directors okay. and the rest of your crew um that's the hardest and that takes a lot of work taking photographs is actually really simple and so technically if you can pick up a camera you can shoot but being on set is a whole different ball of wax which people a lot of times aren't ready for and it can be pretty grueling okay. um but it's you know it's a uh, don't know it's it's it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I am, you're given a set. Okay. That was the original part of the question. The, the, you're given, you're hired by a film company or a director or an actor to work on a movie. Um, obviously, if they like your images, they're like, okay, we'll come work for us. And the film company who owns the film, com- who owns the film rights will send you, you will get in touch with you through their publicity department. Um, so the photo editor will contact you. You have a little voice meeting, and and they'll they'll run down a list of things that they want. You know, I just did this movie. I did the Japanese leg of this new GI Joe movie, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> I swear to God, I got a five page email <laughs> with no spacing of three to four hundred things they wanted. So obviously they went through the script, and they were just like, we want this and this and this and this, and you look at it and you're like, Oh, that's cool. I can't wait to shoot ninjas. You know, that's awesome. (laughs) But then when you get there, obviously you're going to shoot everything that you see, you'll see something and be like, that's really cool. I'll shoot that. Um, and you, you don't really have to recheck the list. You kind of know what's coming. You have to read the script, you know, to see details and stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff gets cut anyways. A lot of times we won't shoot a whole scene, you know, that'll get cut on the day or something weird um but yeah generally they'll give you like a meat and potatoes list of what they want so during the day what i do is i shoot as much of the meat and potatoes meaning like the the film company wants to be satisfied so you want to get you know the group shot and then you want to get the close-up and those kind of things and then when i get to a certain point of getting all that and i kind of covered it then i'll just shoot artsy shit you know then i'll shoot like I don't know, just fun stuff that I like. to. I like to shoot the crew right. working. I like to shoot really, you know, weird behind the scenes stuff with kind of crazy wides. I, I like to find angles that the, you know, the, that someone didn't really see, like hidden things. You know, those are my favorite kind of. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been yelled at once pretty hard by a film company because I was taking too many quote unquote artistic shots It was years ago. And then, uh, and I felt kind of vindicated because I was working on this movie with Spielberg called The Post. Right. And um, I was in an elevator with him and it was like the first week of shooting. I'd never worked with him before. And he said, you know, my favorite stuff of yours is the really weird stuff that you're shooting. Like the not, not the normal, you know, dialogue stuff. And I said, well, that's my favorite. And he's like, yeah, it's mine too. Oh, wow. So it was great. I felt this great vindication of, you know, you, you can have your own style. Um, you definitely have to cover their checklists because that's what they want. That's what they're used to getting. Right. And that's, that's my job job, you know, but if you can do something a little extra and just go that extra little beat and shoot your own style along with those meat and potatoes shots, I mean, fuck it's great. You know, you, you can, you can have a style. You're not like pigeonholed into, you know, it's just, it's a lot of editing, man. It's a lot of editing. <laughs> and I shoot a lot of photographs every day. So it's a, it's, it's a hard 16, 17 hour day. It's a lot of, you're running with cameras. It could be 120 degrees out and you're just in the middle of the Bronx on a street. Right. And you're carrying all these cameras and you're shooting. And then you're running back to the camera truck so that you can edit your images. If you're lucky to have a camera truck, you know, in Japan, I, we didn't have a camera truck. We just, I was editing in these temples up on a mountain, but you know, you take your shoes off and you run, it was no air, it was no heating anywhere. So freezing cold on top of a mountain, your hands are numb. You're trying to find any kind of power source for your computer and you're editing there. Um, and then running back to set to shoot more. So it's, it's not, it's, you know, that's the other thing that separates the the professional from the prosumer, I think is, is editing is that's, I think a lot of people miss that. Right. Like to me, 60% of my job is maybe shooting and 40%, the entire rest of it is, is editing. And that's a lot of, that's, that's a lot of work, you know, and a lot of people can't, I mean, you can shoot a lot less, sure, but I just don't do that. <laughs>
0: well, you have to be very sure of what you're getting. If you're going to do that, like you have to be certain that every shot you're taking is carrying its weight.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I uh, most of the time I'm just, literally reaching my hand around a corner and firing off, you know, 20 (laughs) shots. I have no idea if it came out, but one might
0: be mind-blowing. Well, something I'd really like to talk to you about is that I first became aware of your work through images of Joker and The Irishman. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've read is that you had the chance to photograph that iconic dance scene from Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really have a question, but can you just um, talk me through what it was like to photograph that scene?
1: Oh, well, you know, he was, he was, he's just a magical dude. I, I had the best time on that movie. Uh, it was a tough film to work on um, just cause we were outside a lot and we were up in the Bronx. We were getting hounded by the paparazzi all the time. And, you know, I really, I really love that dude. It was so much fun working with him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, you know, when he was Arthur, he was, he was very quiet and kept to himself. But when he was Joker, he was incredibly funny and very open and very, you know, kind of loving to the crew. It was great. Um, and, but we were shooting up, up in the Bronx. I forget where those stairs are, but you know, um, we'd walk through a pretty tough neighborhood, parked our cars and walked over to these stairs. This big staircase. And, um, you know, for a while the camera truck was in the top, and we'd walk all the way down, and I'd run up these stairs. And everyone was doing, looking at their stair guide on their watch, and just laughing, because we would do, you know, thousands and thousands of steps a day. <laughs> it was cool. He was, you know, he came out, and you know, he uh, we he had, you know, he just he just nailed it. It was one of those things. You know, we had a big uh, big crane dolly up there. That would pull back. Um, I think, you know, I was underneath the crane dolly. So that my shots are lower. So it looks weird. He looks gigantic, you know, from my images. Right. From the film, he's a little smaller looking because the camera was basically directly on him. Um, and as soon as the camera got past my head, because I didn't want to walk. The stairs were pretty steep, and I didn't want to walk backwards on those stairs. So I kind of stayed in one spot, and I used a pretty long lens. Um, and I just, you know, I tried not to cut his feet off too much, but you know, <laughs> you, you, I, I never, you know, you never those situations. I, and in fact, most shooting, I never ask an actor to do something again for me. Right, uh, I know a lot of photographers, photographers will do that, and they'll be like, okay, redo this scene or redo this little pose. Uh, the only person I ever do that for is Spielberg because I'll mention to him if I can't get access to an image. I'll just like tap on the shoulder and be like, "Do I need this. And he'll stop everybody from moving and have the actors reenact it for me, just personally, which is mind blowing. But actors generally don't, it's not, it's not the same, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same energy. Um, so I try to, I try to literally get as much as I can. Right. Um, with And I maybe I'll pose maybe one person per movie. <laughs> it's not a lot,
0: we also got some incredible images of the bathroom dancing sequence with Joaquin Phoenix, which I think you posted about, saying he performed it for the actual movie um, recording, however many times, but then did it once again um, for you with the room empty because of how tight the space was.
1: Yeah, it was. We, you know, we a lot of times we were cleared out of the stage if it was a heavy scene or something like that. We were cleared out, and I think I don't know what that was. I think that might have been like the end of a seventeen-hour day, and I haven't an right hour hour and a half drive home. So I might've just effed off right before it. And they tacked that little bathroom scene on. So and Walkie walked by me. I think the next day and was like, Hey, did you get that? And I was like, I, I couldn't get in there. And he's like, Oh, I'll just, I'll do it for you right now. So, and, and the wow. hair and makeup people are friends of mine. So they're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, he was supposed to come from that scene to do the next scene. And so he, you know, um, so he did it for me. You know, he's, he was a consummate professional. He was, it was really fun working with him. Um, he was intimidating at first. You now we're, it was, it's like De Niro for the first time working with him. Right. Uh, on Irishman. I was scared to death of that dude and Pesci for that matter. And Pacino I was like, Oh my God, these guys are iconic. You know, they're, I grew up on these guys and, oh, yeah. and so I just kept my head really far down. I used really long lenses and stayed way the fuck away. But <laughs> by like two weeks in, they were the nicest dudes. They were just like, yeah, whatever you need. And I, and from then on, I was able to shoot whatever I wanted. You know, there was even like, you know, heavy scenes. I was right there next to them.
0: You've mentioned being intimidated by the personalities, but are you ever intimidated by like the size of the production? Or is that just what you're used to at this point?
1: Uh, you know, when I, I had done a lot of Darren move, Aaron movies, and then I, I did, uh, I, I didn't know, Noah. Noah was big, but, Darren keeps a pretty small crew and he keeps all his people that he's always worked with together. <clears throat> um, so we're a pretty tight family. And then I got a call to do Spider-Man, uh, amazing Spider-Man part two ugh, with Andrew Garfield. And, and that was, cause he was the only Spider-Man shot in New York city. And, um, right. And I met the director, uh, who was super cool, really nice guy. Um, And he dug my stuff and he's like, yeah, come on board. And a lot of my friends are working on it, but man, we got to those first days and I was like, Holy shit. It was huge. (laughs) I mean, it was a 300 million, you know, the, the DP, Dan Mandel, who's awesome. We went on to, he works with JJ Abrams to the, the new star Wars stuff and he's great. And he was just, he just built these, you know, they built these giant sets and he had, you know, like, Oh, there's, you know, Two thousand sky panels up there, and you're like, holy shit! You know, like fourteen cranes, and Jesus. they built like Times Square for like life size. It was nuts, and I, I'd, I'd never, and I was nervous too because Sony was really freaking out on me about making sure I cover all the elements of his outfit, right? You know, for toy companies and things. Like, I had to do all these like, like, I. I became close friends with the stunt guy who wore his costume a lot so I could pose him and get close ups of the arms and the web slinger things and stuff like that. I was wow. always doing prop photos on that movie because they just needed high res images for toys. I didn't fucking know that. I was like, okay. So that was really intimidating. And it was the first big, big film I did. Um, but uh, after that, you know, it's all the same kind of crew. I love my New York crew. I have a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, I tend to not go out of town that much, Mm -hmm. but I think some of the really fun movies are shooting somewhere else, (laughs) you know, uh, like the Japan, the one in the GI Joe in Japan was so much fun. It was, you know, it was tough because we were basically climbing mountains all day, um, (laughs) with our gear and it was really chilly, but, you know, you get 30 ninjas running at you. It's fucking great.
0: (laughs) Well, with the exception of climbing mountains uh, and running around temples uh, in bare feet in the cold, in a general sense, you know, day to day, what are the lesser known challenges of being an onset photographer? What are the things um, that make the job a lot harder that maybe people don't think about?
1: Uh, I, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the work when you're on set is gauging the mood of the set. That's really can be pretty hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. Are you at a party or are you at a funeral every morning? <laughs> you can't really tell. You have to go in you, very tiptoey. I mean, I wear all black all the time, all year round. I wear gloves. I wear a face mask and a baseball hat over my eyes. I'm basically a shadow. And I don't really move that much. I kind of stand in one corner and disappear. And that's the best way to I've found shooting because I don't want anybody to notice me, because then the image becomes changed. Right. Um and it also charges the scene a little bit much. It can be distra- distracting if you know you're being photographed, even though you know you're being filmed different because you're acting for these main cameras. And I always thought it was bullshit. I always thought it was like actor crap, but I, I, I kind of tend to agree if you are sticking out and you're moving around during a take, it's really can be really super annoying. Mm -hmm. And you know, the boom guy has to move the camera guy has to move, but they all move as one unit and the stills guy can kind of, you can float around, you can kind of be anywhere, but you can also really spook the shit out of people. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a lot. It's, I think the, the hardest part is, is, judging when to shoot and when to walk away. Right. Because you have to push the you have to push the boundary of, well, this actor doesn't like me, but I still need to get these shots. So how much does the actor notice me? And how much does this actor who not like, who doesn't like me really gives a shit if I keep shooting? Um and, you know, they'll tell you, they'll say, get the fuck out of the room. You're like, okay, great. And but you still have to shoot it. So how do you do that? You know, you have to kind of play nice. You have to like, you know, your, your cinematographers are really low man on the totem pole. But Mm -hmm. when the image comes out and it's like a Joker film or like, you know, uh, like Black Swan or something like that, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of like this unsung giant hero. I mean, it's, you know, before Instagram came out, it's pretty funny. People didn't know that shit. They didn't really know that much about. Who takes photos and stuff, but now that everybody takes photos with their phone, things have changed. You know, people are more aware. It's not, it's not bad or it's it's not like, oh, or you know, anybody with a cell phone can walk in and take a photo. Yeah, it's sure they can. They get great moments, but you're not always on. Like set photographers are always on. You're the switch, as soon as you walk in that door, your switch is turned on and you're scanning for images all day long for 17 hours.
0: You mentioned Instagram there and there's a post of yours taken on the set of Nerve and the caption for this post is something fun to do when you're bored on set. Now, First of all the idea to anyone who hasn't had the joy or probable terror of being on a film set as a photographer I really can't imagine what it's like to be bored on a film set uh, but it's an amazing post of you with the cast all letting um, you take portraits of them in a particular artistic way. How do you go about building up that rapport? It must be something that's quite tough to do, given that everyone probably wants their attention most of the time.
1: Honestly, I think a lot of actors are kind of kept. A lot of actors get kind of lonely on set. I think because film crews usually have you have your set job, you know, and everyone's pretty busy. Right. Um, And most people are on in the films that I work on are used to actors being around them. Famous people, blah, blah, blah. And so they leave them alone. They know they like their space, and so in general, most people don't aren't bugging them a lot. Um, to a point that, you know, some actors really just want to hang out and like, hey, let's be friends, <laughs> you know. Um, and I tend to not get super friendly with actors because I treat that's very. My relationship is very professional with them because. One minute they can be like your buddy and like high fiving you, and the next minute they can tell you to get the fuck out of the room. Wow. And you have to be able to swallow that and not take it personally and not go back to the camera truck and cry or something like that. You know, you just like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm bugging him, so I'm going to walk away. Okay. So, but if I treat it very, there's a couple actors definitely who I'm friends with and I've kept in touch with over the years and who I love dearly, and they're, they're, you know they'll hire me on some films. You know when I'm working, I don't hang out with them. You know I I do my job. In fact, I I tend to not talk at all during the day when I'm working. And a lot of people get kind of weirded out by me because <laughs> I pull off my mask and I'm smiling and laughing and then I talk to people when I'm at craft service. But on the job, I when I'm hunting, you know I don't I don't really um, I don't really like to talk because then I get sidetracked and then I
0: lose an image you've mentioned a couple of times about being hired by actors. Mm. If you're hired by the actor, is that something that you have to clear with the production company and the director before you're allowed on set? Or I I don't know how that works.
1: Well, it doesn't really, it, it rarely works that way. It's mostly you're, you're being hired by what's called the UPM or the unit, um, production manager. And they're the boots on the ground. Um, and they know all the crew. So basically a director will be like, I want to make this movie in New York. And then they're like, okay, find all the New York crew. And the UPM is the one who basically calls all their people. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. I'll do that job. But there are times when you get to a certain level, which is great. I, I'm beyond lucky to be able to get to this level where someone like Spielberg or like, uh, Aronofsky or, um, uh, you know, Scorsese, they 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 want just you to shoot it and you're hired by the director, which is great. Right. And then there's kind of a rare breed of people who, who can get hired by the actor, which is pretty rare. I know like Tom Cruise has his one guy who always shoots. Um, and he act, he's been around forever and he's kind of like the gold standard of these stills guys. Uh, but I, you know, I, I get hired by a couple big actors who are, you know, they're, 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 uh, you know, just the sweetest dudes. And they, we I've kept in touch with them and, and, you know, they're like, all right, well, let's go do this movie. And they, they usually have a lot more pull than a director does kind of thing in the movie. So, and that's how you got, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's a funny business because you're such a Ronin you know, you, you don't, you have a camera crew and you have, you know, you, you can use a camera truck, but right. your boss is usually really different. Your boss is usually maybe a producer, sometimes the director, but it's the film company. And they're usually based in Los Angeles and shooting in New York. Nobody really stops by like you are on your own, um, which is amazingly great. But it's also going to be sucky, Right? you know.
0: Well, when you're hired on a film that has a potential for spoilers and there's a lot of press around it. I'm assuming that you have to sign in DAs and you have to wait uh, to be allowed to release photos that you're getting.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you you can't really release any images until the film comes out unless they do a, like a, a sneak peek kind of image. And then you have to contact the photo department head and be like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about posting this on my Instagram. Is that cool? Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, go for it. Or like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard cause it's Instagram is still new, like putting stuff online. It's still kind of new, relatively new for, for the film industry. Um, paparazzi has been doing it for years, but they don't, they just do it a tabloids kind of thing. And now they can do it online. It's a little different. Right. Um, and anybody with a cell phone just takes photos and they're like, Oh, great. But the film company needs to use those images to release you know, to, to su- surprise people and get people psyched up. Um, so, but generally after the film goes out worldwide and then it gets released on video and stuff like that, you can kind of start, you can post a couple here and there, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you don't post photos that make the actors look stupid and, <laughs> you know, you, you gotta be really careful because you, you know, it's a small little incestuous world in the film business and you can get blacklisted so quick your head will spin. So, you know, you just, you know, common sense. Um, right. And, you know, you always try to contact, but I'm, you know, it's like some people are like, yeah, release whatever you want. <laughs> and some people are, you know, like Irishman was like, fuck yeah, dude, go crazy. You're like, all right. And then, you know, Joker was like, nope. So, right. Which is fair enough. You know, the film company owns the images. You're only a worker. hire, So, It's nice if your name's on it, but generally it's not. Okay. So, you know, like, you know, it's tough. You see your images out there all the time and you can't be like, that's me, that's me. You know, but you could, but it's just a waste of, it's tiring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then let's talk about gear on set. You've posted an amazing insight about your black outfit, something I didn't even think about, which was like the dipped gloves and the covered fingers, which was just fascinating. But in terms of camera gear, what do you choose to bring on set? Or I suppose, what are you allowed to bring on set?
1: Well, you can bring anything you want to shoot on set. And I I know some people, this guy, Wilson Webb, who's an awesome still photographer guy who brought a wet plate colloidal thing for little women and shot on, you know, silver plate. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, You know, I just don't, I don't have enough time to do that. (laughs) So... I have two Sony A9s. I used to shoot, I started on Canon. I was always a big Canon fanatic. And I had a, you know, one of those little Jacobson blimps that silence, you know, the silencer ones, the, the housing. Right. So it could be quiet on set, but you know, you still hear a little click. I remember Steve Buscemi yelled at me because he could hear the little tiny little click in the middle of a quiet scene. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but now that cameras are, digitally you know the mirrorless ones the mirror doesn't drop down so you could actually get pretty good images and I, I, I switched over to Fuji but then it's a pretty heavy issues with the Fugees, uh build quality wise and they just weren't I was sacrificing one to save the other and it right. kind of sucked and then, and then the Sony a9 came out and I was like okay I'll try it it was a freaking expensive camera um, but and I, you know, I went from Canon to Fuji, so I had to buy what I bought two bodies and I bought all new glass, and then and then I went to Sony and I buy and then I could only afford one body. So on Joker, I only have one Sony, and I had a Fuji, um, but and then on West Side Story, I bought the second Sony A nine. So right. yeah, I love my Sony's; they're great, but they're heavy, you know, and you got to carry them on around your neck all day. And the movies I shoot are usually on location. You know, we're not really on a stage, so most of the time you're just you're you know where to put them. So you're running around with two cameras. I put a bunch of lenses and I put them in speed bags around my waist with suspenders, kind of thing, and. You know, I keep the cameras really tight to my body so I can run with it and it doesn't like, you know, smack around. I'm nervous if my lens is hitting something. Yeah, And you don't want to be walking backwards and one of your cameras hits the dolly while you're shooting. I mean, just stupid things. So the cameras are literally attached to my chest. Um, And then. And I, you know, I look like a SWAT team guy and it's just the way. I've kind of. You know. I've kind of worked that way, and everybody just calls me the ninja.
0: Well, could you explain the dipped gloves and the hiding the fingers? Because I just found this so fascinating.
1: Well, you don't want to have any color. God knows you put any kind of color on. I I don't know. I think it's stupid. But, you know, you just don't want to be – you want to be in a shadow. Right. Yeah. It's stupid, though, because I remember last year on West Side Story, we're literally on a street, like 130th or something like that, and it was it was a it was so hot the tar was melting on the street, <laughs> and I remember somebody looked at one of the actors looked over at me and was like it was like you're fucking nuts like why are you wearing all that I was like I don't know I was like I don't know any different like I don't know how to hide like without wearing all black and they're like well uh, you're kind of on fire you know <laughs> so you know I. I the, uh yeah, I've I've always worn that. I've all, on John Wick three we shot in this giant glass house stage thing and it was at night and and I was the only one who could be in the camera. I could the I was the only one who was allowed to stand in the entire crew because everyone was seen. Because everyone nobody was wearing all black. I mean, it was amazing. I just I was like, okay, I just won't move. You won't see me. And um so I just I've always done that. It's just easier. I don't know. You don't have reflections. You can stand right there. The camera has to get blacked out. Everyone has to get blacked out with do du- you know, duvetine cloth and whatever. But you can just whatever. If you wear duvetine, you're you're good. Right. Um but the, I dip those gloves because those those gloves are hard to um they're really slippery. And you're holding a you know, twelve thousand dollar camera body and lens and if your hand slips. You know, so I, I dipped him in that plastic stuff. Right. Um, but now I use black, black plastic dip. So it matches.
0: <laughs> some of my favorite images of yours are actually shots of the crew. Uh, there's a shot of a gentleman. I believe his name is Bradley Grant, who is a camera operator of some description. And he's taking a break. Uh, I guess the question is how much these productions take a toll on the crew? Because you get to see you get to see that firsthand um, and most people just see the end product, you know, the polished item, how much of a toll do these productions take on the crew?
1: Well, I mean, a pretty massive amount. I, you know, I don't think there's one, one production I've ever been on where one group, one, like, you know, core group of crew wasn't beat down pretty heavily. Right. It's, it's really hard, you know, whether you're the effects unit, you know, who can't get the smoke right. Cause it's too windy or you're the camera guys who have a, has a DP who's, you know, always has a headset and is yelling at everybody, you know, or if you're a makeup department and, and it's, you know, it's too hot out for makeup to stay. So what the hell do you do when you have a director yelling at you? You know, every department had, the difference is, is that. When everyone works there nine to five and goes home and fucks off, we're still have like a good eight hours left of work. We work two days where everybody works one day. Wow. So it's, it's brutal. And some people work longer than that and they get paid nothing, you know, like the PAs will work a 20 hour day and get paid like 150 bucks. If that, you know, it's, it's, I, you really got to love it. You really got to love it. And you got to love the crew. Uh, you got to love the people you work with because actors come and go, directors come and go, but it's the people that are always going to be with you. Um, you know, are the crew and, and it's, you see it very much. So um, especially taking images and it's tough because as a photographer or a step photographer, you want to be friends with every department and the actors and the producers and the director. You want to be, I wouldn't say friendly or uh, yeah, friendly, but the problem is you get stuck in the middle of shit all the time. Right. So like an actor will rip on you, but be really nice to your friends. But then a director will rip on your friends and be really nice to you. So you kind of have to just walk this fine line of like, "Uh uh-huh. You just nod your head. Yep. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Because you still need to get the images and, you know, the director might hire you on another movie or the actor might, you know, or, you know, I, it's, it's a huge tightrope walk. Um, But like I said, taking the images is just easy. That's just, you just position yourself and you see something you shoot it and trying not to talk a lot and just being aware, but figuring out how to be around a pretty small community that's forced together for a really long amount of time to be away from their family, and if somebody's omnipotent and being pretty tough, and if that person can can be really high up the food chain, you it's shitty. It's really hard, but you just have to. You know, you're like as my friend Joel. Always says, just telling a story. We're just telling a story. And, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, we're not at war.
0: (laughs) I suppose that's true. Um, okay. So one thing that I don't understand and I'm really fascinated to uh, find out how it works, all the lighting's been set up, all the blockings in place, everything's laid out, everything's ready to go. At what point do you know where you're going to be and how do you figure that out before they start shooting?
1: You know, we'll have rehearsals. Sometimes we'll have rehearsals. Sometimes we will have sometimes we will not have rehearsals. But a lot of times, you know, you have to time it. So I have a walkie that I keep on on my body all the time. So I can tell when the actors are going to set. Because most of the time they use the, the stand in to light and to figure out the camera moves and those things. Um and you know, it depends on where you are. If you're inside a house shooting or something like that, you really gotta stick around and figure out how, you know where to be but if you're outside generally you can just kind of like walk up and feel like oh cool what are we shooting okay cool but you know if you can get there for like the first act- actors rehearsal it, it, where to be time it's you and the boom guy and the dolly grip those are the three those are like those are your two people that you have to constantly be where the hell are you going and where can i be right um and a lot of times if, you know, if the boom guy can't be anywhere, but where you are, just fuck off. You know, you can get another <laughs> shot you know, from a different angle, you know, the same scene, same emotion, but shoot it through a window. Like, you know, I don't know. It's You, you know, the boom guy has to be there. The dollar grip has to be there. You don't really have to be there. And you have that ultimate power of saying, Going to the director or producer and being like, I need this shot. I think it would be great. We need to get the actors in here and, and they can pose for me. But right. that is the biggest kind of like can be a pretty dickhead move because then the crew has to clear out. They can't get to where they're doing what they want to do. You know, a lot of people and the actors are usually pissed because they just want to get out off the set and go hang out in their trailer or something like that. Um so I I tend to never do that. If I you know, a lot of times if I can't get the shot fuck it art you know i don't
0: know (laughs) yeah no definitely so i'm going to get a little bit personal here from my point of view me and my wife um are enormous horror fans yeah going back 15 16 years that's how our relationship started was watching horror films together does the genre of the movie dictate the mood on the set or is that just me being completely ignorant and stupid
1: no it's actually it's probably the polar opposite (laughs) oh really (laughs) like or I worked on a horror show it was a lot of fun I you know horror, sh- horror movies are they tend to be more fun because but they are harder to shoot I gotta say they are harder to shoot um, I tend to just do dramas and like pretty heavy dramas because it's the actors usually can kind of stay in character but horror films people <laughs> when you yell cut everyone usually bursts out laughing because it's All right. it's crazy shit but in comedies it's the polar opposite it's like it's pretty ice cold on comedies i i I never liked doing those i think i did one and it was really weird but luckily it was with paul rudd and he was really sweet but they're usually you know comedians are kind of depressed sad people (laughs) right right (laughs) generally i think it's tough it's like you know it's like a rodeo clown they're like be funny and you're like fuck you (laughs) <laughs> but people were are like be scary people are like shit yeah i'll be scary you know it's, i don't know i think it's uh i think it's the opposite i think i I'd, I'd much rather do a horror film if you told me to do a horror film i would drop i would drop anything to do it but a comedy i would probably run so
0: is there any film you wish you'd been on set to photograph like a favorite film that you'd love to have had the chance to shoot mm,
1: i don't know I didn't really think like that. I still don't think what I do is real. I don't know. You know, it's weird. I didn't even think of myself as a professional photographer for years. I just felt strange. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't maybe wreck them for a dream was the only movie I, I didn't work with with Darren. And I think that's, I, you know, I did every film of his and I think that's where I'm kind of like, yeah, I'd be, I kind of wish I did that one, but, Right. It was such a, such a fucked up film that maybe I wouldn't. Uh, I'd tend to not think of that stuff, though. You know? Oh, sure. okay. Video sure, yeah, Jones would be great, but you
0: know. Well, on the note of it being a dream job, I want to read off some of the names here just from glancing at your Instagram Martin Scorsese, Keanu Reeves, Mick Jagger, Joaquin Phoenix, David Fincher, Lawrence Fishburne, Paul Giamatti, Emma Roberts, Darren Aronofsky, Emma Stone, Steven Spielberg, Jennifer Lawrence, Ed Harris, Kristen Wiig, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Hugh Jackman. Natalie Portman, Todd Phillips, Ray Winston, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Paul Rudd, Al Pacino, just a few that I've pulled off. Do you ever realize the cultural scope of the job that you're doing here?
1: Yeah, sure. I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know I'm lucky <laughs> and I know I worked my ass off to get where I am, but right, I don't know. I, I, I think actors are really interesting and I like directors and stuff like that, but. I don't know. I've always, I always felt that the crew photos to me are much more personal and much more heartfelt and they mean more to me. Okay. Um, it's very rare that an actor who I shoot kind of blows my mind. Like if I could shoot Tilda Swinton for the rest of my life, I would be a happy person. (laughs) Right. You know, she's one of my favorite people I've ever shot and she's, she's just very accommodating and, and some of my favorite images of her, but, I, I don't, I don't get that that much, <laughs> you know, I, uh, it's interesting. It's a tough, I, I don't know. I, usually when I'm hired in a film, if I don't know the actor and I'm like, okay, who is it? And then I have to just be like, oh God, please don't be a dick. Please don't be a dick. Please don't be a dick. <laughs> because you never know, you know, you never know if someone like Adrian Brody is going to show up and fucking scream at you, or he could be the nicest dude in the world. I don't know. You know, it's like you don't—you really don't know—and it's—and—and and an actor can be really sweet to everybody on set, but fucking hate you because you remind him of the paparazzi guy who used to hound him.
0: Have you ever had that?
1: Yeah, of course, all the time.
0: How do you keep your enthusiasm up? Is it just a case of just focusing on the image and just get off the set as soon as possible and go and do something else?
1: Yeah, yeah, you try to—you know—you gotta—you gotta shoot it. You gotta be there. You gotta. I usually just try to play games and try to like lurk and find a place. And that's where you're, that's where you fall in love with the crew because the crew is there to kind of defend you. Right. You know? Uh, and I think the, the higher up with the director you work with, the much less the actors will do anything because on someone like a Scorsese set or a Spielberg set, no actor would ever like put their foot down and get stompy. None
0: right. of them. Right.
1: But if you work on a, you know, a lower budget film and a director's not really known, those actors can walk all over everybody. And they're just like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And that can suck. And photography is interesting because a lot of actors just don't really like it. Um, And I, I don't blame them, but you know, an act, you know, like images from the Joker can help sell a film to make it a giant film, you know? And I'm only trying to make it look good. You know, I'm not like, Take, I'm not posting images of them with their nose picking. You know, that's like I, it's you know, it's like you're shooting a wedding every single day. You're shooting a wedding. You know, you have to get a certain amount of images. You have to cover the bases. You have to make sure the third aunt gets her, you know, shot with the <laughs> grandson kind of thing. And if you don't, you're just like, oh shit, you know. So you're constantly, you know, uh, uh, but actors, I, I always go in. I hate to say it. And I'm sorry, actors, but every time I go in, I always think the worst case scenario. And I'm generally, I generally more, I come out happier. (laughs) If I go in thinking all the actors are going to be the nicest people in the world, I I get shit on so fast. And you're just like, oof.
0: Well, that's the paradox of being an optimist. Because if you're an optimistic person, you're always expecting the best, which means you're usually disappointed. Whereas if you're a pessimist, you're usually expecting the worst, which means a lot of things turn out to be a bonus.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, my images, I never look at my, I only look at my camera for a heartbeat to, to make sure my settings are correct. I'll never look at an image and be like, Oh, cool.
0: So before we started this, one thing I did mention to you was that I was going to have to ask you about a director that you've Mm -hmm. worked with. Um, that's one of my absolute favorites. So I have to ask, what's it like working on a David Fincher production?
1: (laughs) I knew you were going to ask that. Well, it's really it's interesting because and we were it w- it was a really strange thing because I got a call from his producer, his ex-wife producer um, that she runs his film company. And yeah, and uh, she's like, look, David really wants to hire you on this HBO show we're doing and he wants you to fly to L.A. next week to come shoot it with him. And I was like, oh. Uh, like, you mean david fincher she's like yeah i was like well how did you find me and she said oh your website <laughs> and i was like that's the great so he actually looked you know saw my images found out who i was and then had me go- so i went out to la and he's a really he's an interesting dude so i get there and he like he yells cut. I was like running late. I got lost like that. And he yelled, you know, he's like rehearsing a scene and then he stops rehearsing He He runs over. I'm walking towards him. He's like, you must be Nico. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm so, so great to meet you. All. And I was like, dude, I am so not worthy of this. Like what, <laughs> what are you smoking? Like how did you know? And, uh and he, he's, he's interesting because all I have to say is he's 800 steps ahead of every single person on the movie set he's literally his brain is he can cover every like if there were just robots that he could program and operate he would make his own movies that way like he's a super control freak and he knows exactly what he wants and if it doesn't land a certain way he has to redo it and until it's perfect And to him, perfect is a whole different ballpark. You know, a lot of people, a lot of directors are like, yeah, yeah, well, we got it, whatever, we got it. But he is just like, you know, take 65. Like, just a camera, you know, a couple of people just walking in the background, but it's the camera move. So I just, you know, the camera guys were just sweating bricks. (laughs) And he was, he liked me because he, well, A, he had hired me. And B, I tend to not, I tend to get the fuck out of people's way all of, you know if I just I look I'm looking 180 degrees and if I see someone walking towards me I have to step back or I step out of the way Right. I know that my job comes secondary these people need to get from A to B and he had stopped one time and looked at me and kind of thanked me he's like you're the only person that gets out of my way and he would constantly <laughs> tell people to get get the fuck off set like get yeah, F.O. F.O. I see it all the time F.O. and he's just he's Tough, but he, you know, he makes you bring your fucking a game, and I fit in really well with him because I tend to just get the fuck out of the way. I shoot and I run. He can be, he can be hard, and I know, you know, he has this one photographer who shoots with him all the time, and he's an amazing photographer. But you know, it's it's it might be a little acidic. Um, it's tough when someone's that kind of brilliant and also kind of like rip people apart in front of everybody. And then, and he was right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, ouch. Ooh, yeah. Maybe they should have not stood there. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I got along fine with him. I, I didn't have issues. It was, it, it was a tough set to be on, um, because he's, he's very controlling. Um, but you can see his mad genius. You know, you can see he's always working. He's constantly, <clears throat> I would, upload images to his iPad every day. And I would come home after like a 16 hour day shooting and he would already have put green check marks next to the ones he liked and then wrote notes to me on them. So Jesus. not only is he directing this thing, he also had like three other projects going on. And then he would look at all my images that night and then grade them. <laughs> I was like, this dude's insane. Like he's, he's off the chart. Um, I would love to work with him again. I would love to work with him again, but I, I, I think it's, it's really, you really got to be into the project and, and tight with him because, uh, you know, he's a tough dude.
0: Well, what we normally do at the end of this is to make sure that everyone knows where they can go to find your work if they are now just discovering you. So what is your website, Instagram and so on?
1: Well, my, my website, I haven't updated it in like five years. So, uh, I just go, I think my website actually just goes to my Instagram because I'm too lazy. Um, So my Instagram is just my name,
0: Nico Tavernisi. Amazing. It's been so great to talk with you. Such an amazing insight into what you do. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me.